Hello, you're listening to the Sunday Show Tunes podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Maureen. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be chatting with the incredible jazz legend Anne Hampton Calloway about her upcoming concert with her sister, Liz. And we will also be speaking with choreographer Arlene Phillips about her tell all. Anne Hampton Calloway and her sister Liz Calloway are leading lights of New York's cabaret scene and have both been Tony Award nominated for their performances in major Broadway musicals. Now they are coming to homes across the globe in the premiere of Side by Side, a highly anticipated live stream concert. And we are thrilled that the ever fabulous Anne Calloway is with us now. Hi, sweetie. How are you? I'm good. And I'm copies making me better by the moment. <laughs> <laughs> So perfect. And we are so excited to have you, Anne. Okay. What does it feel like to be back singing with Liz again? Oh my God. I'm going to cry about it. It's, you know, really one of the silver linings of this pandemic is all the things that you take for granted. Not that I ever took for granted singing with Liz and being with Liz and having a sister I love so much, but having 14 months of not being together in the same room, Mm -hmm. And much longer than that, not doing a show together. It's just been like this long, long time of not having one of the joys of my life. So Liz just arrived last night in Tucson. We got we got reunited on her birthday week uh, last oh, month. Oh, that's right. It was, just, it was amazing. We had the best time. We were just weepy. You know, the first day we're like, oh, my God, there you are. And, and then we went to the piano and started singing and you know, you've had to be so safe and singing is not a safe thing to do, but we're doubly vaccinated. So we started singing at the piano together and it was just glorious. And we, we thought, oh, let's just, you know, put on, let's, let's put on the videotape and, and uh, sing coming from the rain. And so we sang that and like, you know, 16,000 people have been going, oh my God, oh my God. And oh my God. So we just said we have to cry. Oh, thank it you. made me cry well, to see the two of you together again. It, it It is one of those goosebump moments. Yeah, it really was one of those things like, oh, my goodness, we have missed this so much and we have missed each other so much. So this show on Sunday at, on my piano bench in Tucson, Arizona, is going to be unbelievable because we're going to be doing those, these incredible songs right next to each other. No choreography. No, you know, going away for a you know, little break. And it's one of the things I think it's going to be profound about it is this will be the most intimate that you can see the Calloway sisters. And, you know, it's just like my face and her face. Boom, right there. And you'll see the tears and you'll see the snide glass. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's, I think it's going to be a really beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that we're doing an on-demand version of it for people in London who are not quite the sophisticated night owls and watch a show at midnight, let's be honest. So it'll be available um, after Sunday. It will be available Monday through the 31st. And and we're actually hiring somebody to do a three-camera shoot. So it's a little more fun to watch. For those oh, who are I'm not just going to say that oh, if you good. weren't streaming on demand, and I would have definitely stayed up and dealt with that the following morning, because there's no way that, that, that I would have missed that. I want to oh, ask you, you, right? Let's go back to the very beginning. When did you first discover that you could sing? What what switched that lever? In uh, well, your head? you know, it, I didn't. I thought everyone sang, and so having a mother who was a professional singer and and pianist, and you know, 
sitting on her lap and my little hands were uh, touching the keys. She sort of helped me play the piano and sing. Um, I just, I didn't know until third grade when Miss Lawrence was, you know, asking all the children in class to sing. And she said, Anne, you have a beautiful voice. <laughs> and, and I went home to my mom and I said, Mom, Miss Lawrence thinks I have a beautiful voice. And my mom literally said, well, of course you do. You're a Callaway. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> but, you know, I, all I knew is I loved singing. I loved writing poetry. I loved starting to write songs when I was 10. And I got a guitar from Santa Claus. And, and uh, you God know, I, Santa I, Claus. One I thought, why saying. can't I be the fifth Beatle? But I, I think I knew that I wanted to be a performer, whether it was going to be an actress or a singer and, and then also a writer uh, from a pretty early age. Once, once I realized that, that that is something that is special and that's something that I was given a gift to do. So mm. it's, it's a calling, I think, for so and many of us. It is. And what a gift it is. Yeah. Both you and Liz have such distinctively different voices. She's um, adopted. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the answer. Um, when did you guys first start? What age were you guys when you first started singing together? You know, that's a tough question to answer because as, as you may, if you've watched Liz's shows, I've learned Liz was really shy. Now we did sing a little bit as kids and, um, but she doesn't really remember that. She's blocked so much out. <laughs> but um, A little PTSD. You know, we didn't really sing as kids as much as we did when I left for college and she came to visit me and we started to become close friends. Our parents had just gotten divorced. We'd been through a lot of, of uh, turmoil and then Liz got confident and she, was, she wasn't overshadowed by her older sister. She starred in shows in high school. And then it's like, okay, we were meeting each other on even terms. Then we started singing together. But we didn't start singing together professionally, believe it or not, till uh, 1994. We got an offer wow. from... Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was... I mean, we could have been singing much earlier. But she would come and sit in at my gigs in the 80s. But she... We finally decided that, yes, Don Smith said, can you sing at the Russian Tea Room? And we decided yes. Yeah. So we put our first act together. And this was just like the preliminary show that sort of became the seed to Sibling Revelry, which is our sort of cult musical. If you haven't seen it, you, it, you don't get your gay card. Definitely um, yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> but you know, I, I, just to interject for a second. Um, yes, our voices are very different. And I came up with a cute thing to say about that. Uh, Liz has a sunlit voice. And I have a moonlit voice. And together we create twilight. <laughs> that is brilliant. I love it. That is, that is it. So now I need to that ask is. you, um, you must have been Zooming with Liz a lot over, over the, the past 14 months. Um, what's the, you know, um, we haven't been Zooming as much, but we've been calling each other every day. Well, I wanted to know. For some reason, because, we haven't Zoomed as much as some people do. Well, every family seems to have had some sort of Zoom quiz or some dreadful thing. You haven't you haven't been Zoom quizzing with Liz? No, no, not at all. We've avoided that. Oh. <laughs> I think we're better off. Have you even been through the pandemic, if that's the case? Because Liz is very, she's very competitive. And if she loses, she's not, it's not a pretty picture. So I don't want to put Liz through that. You know, I haven't <laughs> heard that about her tennis game, actually. Oh, yes. Yeah. If 
you know, if you've spoken to people who play tennis with her, it's true. One time we played uh, miniature golf in Martha's Vineyard, actually. And I, I think I won several games. And she's like, why are you trying so hard? And I said, well, why? I'm just playing my game. Why, why is this such a hard thing for you, Liz? <laughs> and, you know, because usually she would beat me at everything else. But that was just my one moment of glory. It was really hard for her to handle it. So. So no Zoom games for the Callaway sisters. Well, that's disappointing. Is that what that, uh, people in England do? Oh, we you couldn't get oh enough gosh. of it. You couldn't get enough of it. And in fact, and I have to say that I started faking excuses to avoid them in the end. I like if, if you're listening and I, I turned down a Zoom quiz, I have to apologize. But I was like, I just can't. I just can't what Zoom quiz Zoom anymore. Quiz? Well, you, what, you, what you, the, it's like the old pub quizzes that they would have. But because you couldn't go to the pub, you would have teams and... Oh, it was just, it was, it was just awful. That's what it really was. It was just <laughs> awful unless you drank a lot. And um, Maureen did sometimes do that. And that improved things. <laughs> well, Maureen doesn't need any improvement, but I actually did. Oh, yeah. I drank much less during the pandemic. I just thought I need to save money. I need to be healthy. I'm yeah. going to, if I drink in the pandemic, I am going to be, you know, such a lush. It's not going to be a good idea. So I've been um, not drinking it. I think well, I'm one of the only people. And this is why Earth. you look so good. Mm. This is why really? you look so good. Where I went I've the other way. <laughs> I went the other way and decided that um, vodka is better through a straw. Oh. <laughs> no, I think that's an admirable philosophy. And I've used that philosophy in myself for many years. So um, I'm, I'm sticking to my latte right now. <laughs> one, one quick last question. You have to be really quick. Um, is there a song that you and Liz have not sung together, a duet that you would really love to sing together? Oh, that we would really love to sing together. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What a great question. Um, well, we're talking about there's a closer than ever duet that we have never tried before. And I think that would be beautiful. Um, God, there's so many songs. Oh, I, I also want to do more of, of the songs I've written. I'm getting ready to do a CD this year of my oh, own songs. Yes. And, yes. Excellent. Yeah. And I would just love to have Liz sing them some of these songs with me because I think we're going to record at the same time, which is the Streisand hit that I wrote many years ago. Um, that's something that I really would like out in the world because what we, what we bring together as sisters and the love that we have for each other and music and people I think would really have a powerful resonance in that song. And Hampton Calloway, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. So nice to talk to you. I wish you all, everybody in London and the UK, all our best. And I, by the way, will be coming to London uh, in the middle of September at the Pheasantry, if all goes well. Uh, I have two nights there and then two nights on Dean Street. We will uh, see you there. We will, Fabulous, we will be right? there. But till then, diva blessings. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Take care. An evening with Arlene Phillips is at the London's Duchess Theatre for one night only on Monday, the 7th of June. For tickets and more information, head over to nymaxtheaters.com. Showbiz legend, and, I, and I'm not using that word lightly, Arlene Phillips is being unleashed in the West End, lifting the lid on her amazing career working with the biggest A-list stars, including Elton John, 
Tina Turner, Diana Ross, Whitney Houston, Tom Cruise, Robbie Williams, Maureen, get a, get a broom to sweep I know, up those I names. Know. And All those names that you've dropped. Scandalous there. dance group, hot gossip who shocked British TV viewers. We are thrilled that Arlene's with us now. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm great. And it's lovely to see you again. It is so great. The showbiz. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> I, for one, cannot wait for this. You'll be lifting the lid on your career, spilling some juicy secrets. What can audiences expect? Um, well, if they love theatre, they'll get the inside gossip to the many shows that I've done. And, you know, putting on a show isn't easy. And I've worked with some of the greats, you know, from The Boys from Cream, Brian and Roger, Andrew Lloyd Webber, the all-powerful Robert Stigwood, just so many people that we know in the industry. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I spent months or years working with these people, you really get to know them. Or they may love music videos. And I was there at the birth of MTV. Oh, my some gosh. Of the very first videos that were shown. And films and, you know, on and on, and television and judging. So my life has been through so many extraordinary roads, sometimes smooth, sometimes rocky. Mm -hmm. so I've told <laughs> the stories. Mm. So I need to ask you, are there going to be celebrities quaking in their boots now? Um, I don't think they'll be quaking. <laughs> you know, but they'll, they'll go, hmm. Did I really do that? Did I really say that? Yeah, there'll be some of those. The ups, the downs, the volatile, the... the oh, we hope so. <laughs> yeah, there'll be lots of gossip spill. Um, and, what, and what it was really like, you know? Mm. And, oh. and how well, often it's really difficult dealing with stars. Mm -hmm. um, and you just have to, you know, you just have to dive in with your diving suit on, because if you don't, you can't wait, you can't waste the time. You know, when they mm. ask for things like, you know, for instance, a little thing is that Diana Ross wanted everyone um, in the studio when we were making the music video, Chain Reaction, um, to call her Miss Ross. And <laughs> the director and I were so looking at each other and um, he said, well, why, why use two names when you can use one? I'm sure it's far simpler to call you Diana. It'll save precious time. And I love that. <laughs> and she was so floored by that. <laughs> so throughout the day, the, the director, David Mallet and I called her Diana. Everybody else said Miss Ross. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so your name became a UK household name when you directed and choreographed uh, the hot gossip. Uh, did you set out to cause such an incredible scandal? Hello? I didn't set out to cause a scandal, but I did set out to change dance as it was seen on television. Mm -hmm because mm -hmm. I started my group Hot Gossip and they became like the hottest group in town working one night a week in a club on German Street called Montbury's where everybody who was everybody, every celebrity or members of royal family even were there to see Hot Gossip. Mm -hmm. 
They were society's dance group. And I set them up. Yes, they were sexy, but it was only what was going on in the world outside television, in right. the clubs, on the street, fashion conscious, new designers, new music, you know, that you did not hear on television. And um, the, the idea was to change the face of television dancing, which was always smiling people, clicking their fingers and looking happy or cutesy or mm -hmm. that wasn't what was going on. The beat outside in the clubs was passion. It was drive. It was sensuality, sexuality. And I thought, why not on television? So for three years, we struggled with our one night a week, sharing out our bit of cash between us until a director who is about to um, produce a new TV show called The Kenny Everett Video Show said, I want Arlene Phillips, I want that group. We went out on television on I, what is now ITV early in the evening and it caused an outrage. It was as if the world had turned upside down. <laughs> and we were seeing stockings <laughs> and suspenders on television and sexy girls, mixed race dance group. And uh, Mary Whitehouse complained in the House of Parliament we made news <laughs> and a whole career was born that I didn't expect. Thank God Mary Whitehouse was outraged. I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of who she is, Mary, but she, is a, she was a little old lady who spent the entire life complaining about everything. Mm. Literally yeah. everything. She became almost a, a public um, figure of ridicule, didn't she? Because... Yeah, she was a self-proclaimed protector of public morals when people didn't actually want them protecting. But she, oh, was, interesting. she was there saying it all. She was a good, good, good person to indicate what you should be going to look at. She's like, don't look at this. Exactly, don't like, go. Yeah, I'm going to look Oh, now. okay. Thanks, I Mary. Hot gossip. And so many, so many um, dads that I meet say, my life was formed by hot gossip. I was eight or nine or 10 or 11. I never knew girls like that existed. Yeah. So you've been part of their formative years, Arlene. So exactly. you, you're a multiple Olivier Award winner, a Tony Award nominee for your work in musical theatre. What was your first musical theatre influence? Um, the first uh, live show that I saw that really influenced me was age 15 when West Side Story came to oh. the house. And I felt like my mind had been blown. I had seen musical films. I'd been to concerts and the ballet. I had never seen a musical uh, other than on film. And to see that musical live, I knew from that moment on, that was what I was going to do in my life. And in a way, it's absolutely what I did. Mm. You know, the Jets and the Sharks stole my heart. Mm. So you've choreographed a, a number of West End shows. Um, my my favourite of all of them, if I had to pick, is Starlight Express. Um, <laughs> how do you start to, to choreograph a show on roller skates? And could you roller skate before you started? Well, in 1979, I was invited by... Wait, back up that truck, Arlene. You can't have been alive in 1979. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was alive and busy and, yeah. 
and <laughs> working or you know working with the hot you know hot gossip had already you know 76 and 7 became 78 became known to the public and mm. so by you know 79 once hot gossip were known i was being asked to do everything and alan carr the producer of the film of greece um, was making a musical film about the village people called Can't Stop the Music. And oh, he yeah. invited me to choreograph it, one of the 10 worst musical films ever made. It even won an award for it. <laughs> anyway, one day he said, I want a roller skating. I want a roller skating piece in this film. So I said, I don't skate. I'll find you the best teacher in LA. You'll be roller skating. Don't worry. I was on my skates. I actually made that film when I was pregnant and there was a week's hiatus where we went from rehearsals and, and, and filming in New York. We had a week off to go to LA. And in that week, having been pregnant, my baby was born and then we went off filming and Alan Carr had come in to see the skate number in the rehearsal room. I think I was about seven months, seven and a half months. And suddenly he realized, as I was showing him my skates, uh, how good I was, he went, oh my God, have you got insurance for those damn things? Get those damn things <laughs> off your feet. And so off came the skates. And the end of that year, I already knew Andrew Lloyd Webber and we had become friends. And um, he invited me at Christmas with the little baby and we were chatting away. And I told him this story about roller skating uh, while I was pregnant. Two years later, 82, he then called me up and said, I am making a musical, I've created a musical. It's gonna be on roller skates, do you still skate? And I said, yes, I do. And <laughs> their history was born because that show would have still been running in Germany, about yeah. to that was birthday. huge mm. in Germany. Huge, huge. It's like Madame Tussauds here. Everybody comes to Germany to Bochum, this little you know town, to see Starlet Express. Well, Maureen and I had a pilgrimage planned, didn't we? But COVID we got in the way. It was still going to happen when it opened. You have to, to you. because now there's been the most incredible sort of visual transformation for the show. And it's really, you know, bringing kind of new technology into it, you know, with drones and new... Oh, my gosh. Andrew, um, it's, yeah. It's Paul, very... that has to get back on the books then. It's back on the list. Yeah, gotta put it back on the list. Right there, we'll be back. We're like the Terminator. We'll be back. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now, Arlene, you have worked with countless music legends. What was your most rock and roll moment? I think my most rock and roll mo moment, um, probably had to be working with. Duran Duran on Wild Ooh. Boys, um, which was an event in itself with Simon Le Bon going round on the windmill, the windmill getting stuck, and <laughs> Simon's head was in this deep pool of water, and in went like a Busby Barkley film, all the divers, like <laughs> <laughs> and then Busby Barkley, and rock and roll 
joining hand in hand. And that had to be one of the finest moments. Amazing. <laughs> Just the way you went in. It was amazing. Uh, Arlene, <laughs> we are sadly out of time. And it was a, a considerable number of years since the last time you were on the show. So please, let's not leave it quite so long exactly. before you come back. I'd be very grateful. I've got lots of new shows coming up. So let's chat again. Let's oh, make it happen. Please. Arlene Phillips. Thank you so much, my lovely. Thank you. Lovely to see you. An evening with Arlene Phillips is at the London's Duchess Theatre for one night only on Monday, the 7th of June. For tickets and more information, head over to NYMAXTheatres.com. Well, that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. I'm Paul. And I'm Maureen. And you've been listening to the Sunday Show Tunes podcast. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.